everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow. Today we are without Mr. Alex Collins. Uh, so you're stuck with me. <laughs> uh, you know, today's episode uh, is actually pretty pretty personal to me. There's been a lot of things uh, that have been going on in my family's life, um, some of my friends' parents' uh, lives. And the one thing that has been really hitting me hard the last couple of years is how do we maximize life and frankly build wealth? And uh, I think that it's very difficult to do unless you actually have some sort of roadmap or guidelines uh, to do that. And so today's episode, I want to talk about five ways to build wealth and maximize life. And these are just things that I've been kind of studying and learning over the last several years that I think, uh, frankly, is a good reminder uh, for all of us. Uh, this is something that I have constantly gone back to, and and it keeps me uh, on level ground and reminds me, you know, why I'm here, why I'm with my family. So without further ado, let, let's dive into today. So way number one, let's just face it. We all love to spend money. It's much more fun to spend money, um, but there are ways to spend money, and frankly, there there are money that we're being that we're spending that isn't bringing any value, right? It, it it really it lasts maybe a millisecond of of any kind of happiness or excitement, and it's gone. And so, number one, I think is spend your money on items that you really care about. Um, and to a caveat to, to this, or maybe a rule that I put in place for this, at least for my family. And I try to coach my clients to this as well is the 80, 20 rule, right? Like 20% of your, of your money should go to savings and then spend the other 80%, right? That's 80, right? That's a hundred thousand dollars. If you're making a hundred thousand dollars, that's 80 grand that you get to spend, now, obviously, there's taxes involved there. So I get the analytics that are listening are like, well, it's not really 80 grand. I get that. But the fact of the matter is, is it's quite a bit of money that we can spend. And if we are spending it on things that we actually care about, rather than frivolously spending money, then I, I think it is very easily accomplished. And frankly, it's more fun to do. And so my family and I actually build a spending plan uh, to do that. So we look at it every year. We're like, okay, where is it we want to spend money? And for, for me, it's it's always about family. So vacations are important. Um, my kids, we've, we've really never done birthday gifts or holiday gifts or anything like that. We always go on some sort of experience. This could be going to the zoo, right? This could be going on a hike, right? So I think that is a huge piece that we often forget because how many subscriptions are out there that sound really good in the moment, but maybe we're not even using or the ad hoc, you know, going to Wendy's when, if you really think about it, having a, a good dinner with your family at home, maybe that's time well spent. So that's number one. Number two, focus on what you can control with your money. Too much effort is spent worrying about rate of return. Now, don't get me wrong. Rate of return is a piece of the puzzle when it comes to building wealth, but you can't control the market. Matter of fact, you really can't predict what's going to happen in the market, right? How many people predicted COVID? How many predicted the war in Ukraine? How many predicted everything that's going on in Gaza? 
we can't control that. So control what you can control. And that's oftentimes yourself, your family, your values, your savings rate, everything you can control. And for the most part, I I hate to say like, forget about the rest because I realize there are pieces out there that we care about, but focus on what you truly care about and what you can control. Way number three, protect your income or protect your family's wealth from the worst threats and protect it fully. When we're in pre-retirement years, that's your income. The income coming in the door is what allowing you to to live the life that you currently have. If you took a 20% pay cut tomorrow, how would that affect everything that you want or everything that your family currently does? It's huge. So if the income is what is allowing us to build wealth, what is allowing us to live our life and go on these these family trips, on these family dinners in our house, right? Think about that. If that's what it's allowing you to do, shouldn't you protect that? So protection from the worst threats. So you might be asking yourself, okay, what are the worst threats out there? Well, this can be lawsuit, right? And say to Washington, you can, if you're in a car accident or you do something and you're sued, they can come after your income as well. So it's not just assets they can come after. They can actually come after your income. This is protection from sickness and injury, right? So disability insurance, medical insurance, make sure we're taking care of that. This is having our legal documents in place. I'm pretty sure our listeners don't want, and our viewers here on YouTube, don't want the state to tell us what to do with our assets or even our lives. Because I think a lot of people think of legal documents or estate planning documents as when we're dead, you can still be alive and need those documents. Imagine being incapacitated or ill where you can't make financial decisions. Who do you want to step in and will they have access to help step in? Right. Then there's pre then there is the premature death, right? If we die prematurely, How much of your income does your family currently rely upon? That should be the conversation around life insurance. So that's number three, protect from worse threats. Number four. So I recently read a book and it's called The Family Board Meeting. And it's got a kind of a subtitle and it states, you only have 18 summers to create a lasting connection with your children. My daughter is about to turn 16 in March, and I mean, this is hitting me over the head every day. And 18 summers, that's it, to create this lasting connection because those 18 years, they will spend more time outside of your house in their lifetime, like drastically more than living with you. And so as I was reading this book, the the whole point of the book is to actually have dates or fun days with your children and your wife as well. And individually. So if you have two kids, one ch- you and your child go out for a fun day. And it's what the kid wants, not what you want, what the kid wants. And it's about having those lasting memories even and connecting with the kid. I think having date night with your wife is also important or your husband or your spouse, right? That connection, you two are the leaders of your family. You've got to be on the same page and you need some time with each other. And it's hard to do. I mean, I remember when my kids were younger, 
Yeah, we didn't get many. But build it in somehow into your calendar. Build in something, right? Maybe it's putting the kids to bed and you two actually having a nice meal delivered to you, a nice bottle of wine, and you just relax. So, I I mean, I think number four is one of my favorites right now because these are the connections. Even a a day with your, your parents, like take your dad out to lunch. Take your mom out to lunch. Take the people that you care about out because you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going on in their life because let's just face it. We're so busy that we're so focused on ourselves, but most people I talk to really care about their family, really care about their parents, and it's hard to stay connected with them. So you have to make an actionable item, take the steps to stay connected. And then number five, and and number five is another big one for me. Get off your phone when you're with your family. Like I I can't, every time I go out to dinner with my family and I see a bunch of parents on their phones and all they're doing is staring at their phones, they're not talking with one another. They're not talking with their kids. Like that's the prime time to be engaging with the family. And I get it. Like I'm not pointing fingers. I've done it too. And every once in a while, I still do it. It's a habit. Those phones are like crack. But ever since I've made it a priority where come the end of day for work for me, I've got a couple more items. And by six o'clock every evening, my phone is away and I'm not on the phone and I'm spending time with the family and engaging with the family. And that has kept, I think, my family together. It's also helped my uh, my family in in many instances where we were going through a rough patch and it allowed us to to stay together and constantly communicate with one another. So I, I think that phone is a huge crutch for all of us and we need to stay focused and get off it. Right? We complain about our kids being on the phone. Who do you think they're learning it from? They're learning it from us. So get off the phone. That's what I've got for today. It's a quicker uh, episode. Um, my question for today is of these five ways, which one is your favorite? Which one really hits you over the head? Like, you know what, Ryan, that was a great point. And while I've heard it before, because none of this is rocket science, it's just great reminders. So head over to beerandmoney.net and I'd love to hear, maybe you've got a different way. Maybe I missed something and I'm sure I did. There's plenty of things to do. What do you do to maximize life and build wealth? Hope this episode was valuable for everyone. Take care. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, 
Group is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2023-166053. Expiration December 2025.